Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to go over the teaching on repentance a little bit, and then we'll go into our next teaching. How has repentance helped each and every one in here tonight? Did it help you see some areas in your life that you didn't see before? Hallelujah. <laughs> we learned that repentance means to have a change of mind, to turn from sin unto God. So when we re- repent, we change our mind and we turn from sin unto God. We went through uh, the scriptures that talked about that, uh, Ezekiel 14, Ezekiel 18, Zechariah 1. Um, and we also went through Matthew dealing with Jesus in chapter 4. And also 2 Corinthians 7.14 tell us about repent and turn. And we know that's what Jesus was talking about. Have a change of mind. He said the kingdom of God has come near you. We went over Matthew 27.3 dealing with Judas and how he um, repented unto those that he turned Jesus over to. And then he began, he hung himself. So we know that there is truly a godly repentance because that repentance leads unto salvation and we went over that in second corinthians chapter seven went over a lot of scriptures didn't we and we talked about exodus 13 7 of how jesus he didn't take them the way uh to the promised land the way that um he wanted to take them because if the enemies uh was in that land then they would turn back and go back to egypt so that's talking about repentance also sometimes we cannot um I gave an example of if someone has just come to Christ, there's some things that you may be able to do that they're not able to do. And sometimes when we push people in their relationship or just becoming born again, sometimes it'll turn people away from salvation and turn them back to where they were. That's baby Christians. You know, sometimes those baby Christians will look up to us and we start sharing different things or thinking that we can share some things, but it put them in a place that they don't need to be in. So that's what was happening with the Egyptians. We also talked about um, how do you know someone has truly repented? That's because it's based on their works, their lifestyle. Um, This is why um, we talked about Matthew 3, 8, when John said, bring forth, therefore fruit meant for repentance. So you will see a change in their lifestyle. Jonah, um, he didn't want to um, preach to Nineveh. Why didn't he want to preach to Nineveh? Because he knew that they would change. And the moment he did preach to Nineveh, they were turning away from sin, turning to God. So Jonah got upset. So we talked about that. We also talked about that um, is repentance based on emotions. Did I go over that? Okay, so we see how... Um, dealing with Esau, we went over that one. We went over um, Hebrews twelve seventeen, um, dealing with um, emotions. So tonight, what I want to go over is water baptism. This is all dealing with discipleship. I want to talk about water baptism. What is water baptism? Water baptism is burying the old life, the old man, coming up in a new life that is in Christ Jesus. It's bearing that old life coming up um, with the new life in Christ Jesus. It's bearing that old man. Um, Let's look at Acts 2, verse 37 through verse 38. 
First of all, in Acts 2, y'all know what had happened. Peter and all the uh, apostles, the, the disciples, was together in that upper room. We know the fire of God come um, upon them, and all of them began to have um, tongues, and they began to speak in other tongues. And as they did, people wondered what was going on, and Peter began to preach to them. He began to proclaim the good news concerning Jesus Christ. Now, after he had proclaimed that good news, a change took place. And this is what um, should be taking place. Once you hear the good news concerning Jesus Christ, you're supposed to have a change of mind, a change of heart. You're turning away from the world and you're turning unto God. So after they heard it, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is what the good news concerning the kingdom is supposed to do. It's supposed to turn you away from the world, and it's supposed to um, change your mind, change your way of thinking, to let you know that you can't do this on your own. You need Jesus Christ in order to get into the kingdom. Then Peter said unto them, listen at what he said, repent. This repent is dealing with to have a change of mind. Some people think that, repent is talking about asking for forgiveness guess what forgiveness is in jesus christ but when you repent that means your mind is being changed from your way of thinking the worldly way from sin and it's turning your thinking towards god you're turning away from sin you're turning unto god now after he said have a change of mind the next thing that he said is and be baptized so once your mind is changed and you turn into Jesus Christ, you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're asking him to come live in your heart and abide forever. You're saying that Jesus is Lord, so that means that you're saved. The next thing that happens is to be baptized, meaning that you're going up under that water. Baptism is just symbolic of saying that I have died unto sin. That's what um, the baptism is. It is symbolic of saying, I have died to sin. The old man is dead, meaning that you are identifying to who you are now that you're in Christ. So he said, the first thing you got to do is repent, have a change of mind, and then you can be baptized. But then he said, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when we look at the remissions of sins, it means forgiveness or pardon of sins, letting them go as if they had never been committed. So you're repenting, you have a change of mind, you're turning from sin unto God, you're um, going up under that water, being baptized, saying, I'm identifying with what Christ have done for me. I have accepted what Christ have done for me. So when you go up under that water, you're dying to sin. You're dying to that old man. But then it gets to the point of saying, every one of you in the name of Jesus to the remissions of sin, meaning that that sin has been forgiven. It's have been pardoned. You're letting go of all of that because of who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. We cannot get forgiven for our sin unless we go through him and him alone. So that's what that is. So baptism is going up under that water. It is symbolic. This is what we do after we get saved, recognizing that that old man, which represented sin, is, is dead. I'm identifying my new life in Christ Jesus. Let's look at another one in Acts 8. 
35 through 38. Y'all know in Acts 8, everything that went on with Philip, he began to preach on the kingdom of God. People were healed. They were set free. They were, um, he cast out demons. All of this was happening. And after all this happened, um, he ended up seeing this man. He was carried away. And in verse 35, well, let me go up from verse 35 so we know where we are. And Philip uh, 29, then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. So it was a eunuch and he was reading out of Isaiah and he didn't understand what he was reading. So Philip asked him, did he understand? He said, how can I, under, how can I accept a man should guide me? I'm in verse 31 in Acts chapter eight. And he desired P- Philip that he will come and sit with him. So see, P- um, Philip had to come in and he had to explain um, concerning Jesus. He had to explain what he was reading concerning Jesus Christ. So as Philip began to explain it to him and to expound on the scriptures, we're going to go now to verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What do hinder me to be baptized? See, they believed in being baptized. They believed in being immersed up under the water to identify them with being in Christ, with them being saved. And Philip said, if thou believe with all thine heart, thou mayest. So the first thing he had to believe, he had to believe on Jesus. He had to believe that Jesus was Lord. And once he believed that Jesus was Lord and he confessed that, then he is saved. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. How did he believe all this? Because Philip just preached this to him. So faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. He accepted what was being preached. And so guess what the next part was? He had a change of mind, didn't he? So this is the next thing. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both in the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So that's how baptism occur where a person is being emerged because they identifying themselves with Christ Jesus. They're saying sin has been done away with, um, and then they come up in a newness of life. And this is how baptism is. Let's look at um, when you're baptized, it means that, that a, a change have truly come. See, this is why some people will say, okay, now if you want to be baptized, come to church on this particular Sunday. These people are not even saved. But they feel like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and be baptized. Everybody else is getting baptized. But they don't understand what baptism is. First of all, you have to be saved. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You cannot get around that. People that get baptized that have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they go down a devil and they come back up a bigger devil. And people don't believe that. But this is what happened. They do it because... This is what they say you have to do to join a church. First of all, you ain't going to let no sinner join no church. And you got people putting their name on the roll and don't know nothing about Jesus. And this is why you see churches are unequally yoked because you got people that say, I don't know nothing about no baptism. I don't know nothing about Jesus. I don't even know what salvation. I don't even know why he died. The only thing I know they told me if I didn't get saved today, I was going to go to hell. I didn't know which way I was going to go when I leave out the house. So people get saved because they're fearful. 
but they don't understand what salvation is. And this is why with us being disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, learners of him, we have to go back and understand all of this before we can go and disciple anyone else. So we know that this eunuch, he got baptized. First of all, he had to accept Jesus as his what? As his Lord and Savior. So if anybody tell you, I can be baptized without being saved, is that true? Because that's not what the scripture says. So if you see anybody that's going up underwater and they're saying that they're not saved, are you going to correct them? Should we? Some people just say, no, I'm going to leave that alone. Let the preacher do it. Why are you going to let the preacher do it if you're a disciple? You're supposed to tell them what truth is. And once you tell them truth, whoever they are up under, they need to go to that person. And they need to tell them, this is what, you know, someone has told me about being baptized. So we want to make sure people know truth. So if you are a disciple, we're supposed to give people what? Truth. If we're followers of Jesus Christ. So let's look at being baptized means that you have truly changed. I'm going to give you a scripture. Matthew 3. Verse 7 through 8. Matthew 3, verse 7 through verse 8. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generations of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits meant for repentance. So this is what John was saying. He said, here you are coming to a baptism and you know your life is not representing, you know, the change that's supposed to have taken place. When we get water baptized, first of all, we are saved. We have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. When we go down up under that water, we're identifying the death of Jesus Christ, meaning that we're dying to sin. We're coming up a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then our lifestyle is supposed to represent that new life. But if people are not taught who they are now that they are in Christ, some people think that they can live the same way, do the same thing. But the more you connect with him, connect with this word, your life will change and it will bring forth fruit meant for repentance. It's a lot of people saying I'm saved, but they're still doing the same thing they have always done before they got saved. My problem with that is we can't keep using the excuse of, well, you know, they ain't got into the word like they should, and that's why they ain't saved. Come on, y'all. Because there's a change that happens on the inside of you. You have a new spirit on the inside. Yes, we know that soul need to be renewed, but that change that's on you when you really change your mind and you turn it from sin into God, you ain't going to want that no more. How do I know the difference? Let somebody tell you if you don't stop this, you're going to die. How many stop? You don't go back that way. So when you truly accepted Jesus, you accepted him because you heard the good news, the good news that Jesus was bringing concerning the kingdom. And you want to be a part of what Jesus has. And the only way you can be a part of that is by accepting him as your Lord and as your Savior. And when you understand all of that and the Holy Spirit is giving you what you need, you're going to be saying, I don't need that no more. I got everything I need. You might not understand everything you need to understand, but you know it. I don't want that no more. I don't do that no more. I don't go that way no more. And even your friend's going to know, man, you look different. There's something just is so different about you. You're not the same no more. Some of us, the more we grow, 
in grace and grow, grow in Christ, some of us may be different from others. And I'll give you an example. The closer I got to him, I remember, y'all, I used to have rings on every finger. I love me some jewelry. Just have rings on every finger. And I remember the more I got into the word and the more I got into him, that mess didn't mean nothing to me no more. You know, it didn't do nothing for me no more. Everything began to change. And I remember I used to have a um, ankle bracelet, have that on. And all of a sudden, I ain't want that no more. Everything began to change in my life to the point of I realized I need more of him than I need more of this. Because those things represent the outer. But I knew where my heart was. So you know people's lifestyle is going to be begin to change because they're going to take away things that's going to attract people more than it's attracting God. So if I was uh, the type of person that I had to look this way or look that way for people to see me, when you know I truly change, you ain't seeing all that stuff that's trying to attract me to people no more. You seeing the real me, who I am in Christ, and I don't have to put on this, that, or the other to say, hey, see me, or I don't have to check myself every time I come in church and make sure everything is intact, you know? I don't have to do all that no more. Why? Because I'm content. I'm satisfied with who I am. How did I become satisfied? Because I had to get to know the real me. And I do feel in my heart, some people have not really gotten to know who they are now that they're in Christ. The more you get to know who you are, you begin to rid yourself of everything. Now, I'm not telling people, if you're wearing an ankle bracelet and you ain't trying to get noticed by that, wear your ankle bracelet. But this is what the Spirit told me. You don't need that no more because sometimes we'll have things that we're so close to and we're so attached to that he's saying, okay, you're more attached to this than you attached to me. You got to detach from that thing. So the more you get into this word and you die and realize what you have died to sin and you know what sin represents, you don't want that in your life no more. And guess what? Nobody don't have to tell you that it's not right. I remember this. I had someone, and Lord rest his soul, I never forget, Brother John. Brother John will wear those muscle shirts and come in here and teach the people and flaunt all around. And, you know, I'm just watching Brother John just flaunt from this side to another side. And I say, okay. Now, he's going to recognize people looking more at his muscle shirt than hearing what he's saying. So that don't happen up in here. So John said he got called in office more than anybody. He said, every time I turn around. So when I called John in there, I said, John, who are you trying to attract? Are you going to minister for Jesus or are you trying to get attention for John? What's your mouth, Pastor? I said, John, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know how John do. He laugh it off. I said, you know what I'm talking about. You know, go, go think about what I'm talking about. John said, Pastor, you want me to give up my shirt, don't you? I said, John, I don't want you to give up nothing. You don't want to give up. But I don't want you to be a distraction to anybody that come in the house of God that's trying to get over perversion or trying to get over lust. And you up there telling them about Jesus and they can't do nothing but look at you in your muscle shirt. So you make that decision. Guess what, y'all? The more John Morrell got in that word, John took off that shirt. Next thing it was, John had an earring in his ear. And so I said, John, do you know what that earring represents? All right, Pastor. Showed it to him in the scripture. Dog, can't wear nothing. 
I said, okay, John, you go home, let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that. I'm not going to tell you what to do or how to do it. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what to do. Guess what? John took the earring out of his ear. He didn't have no offense or anything because when we're standing before God and we're teaching people about what the word of God is telling us, we got to die to the things of the world. We can't do like the world does because guess what? Someone that really gets close to God and their heart is towards God. Y'all know how now they have people out there rapping and saying, this is how I'm going to connect with the world. You know, I'm going to wrap my way through it and people are going to get saved through this rapping. But eventually that rapping is going to turn back to the world because it's going to be some place that's going to pick them up and say, if you add a little bit of this and you add a little bit of that, then this is what's going to happen. So the closer you get to him, you ain't going to come down because this is what the world wants you to do. You're going to do what the word of God tell you to do, and you're going to feel content. You're going to feel at peace, and you're not going to worry about what nobody else say. Women, come on. When you come to Jesus, I don't know about you. When you truly come to Jesus, nobody don't have to tell you that stuff is hanging out. Now they make shirts. Now you got to put pin pin everywhere. You got to sew them up. What woman will come to church with everything hanging out representing Jesus? See, the closer you get to Jesus, your husband don't have to tell you how to dress. Nobody in church has to tell you how to dress because you're going to dress modestly. You're not going to draw attention to yourself. Anything that you wear that's going to draw attention to you, you should not have worn it. Nobody has to tell you that because if you are in Christ, you're not trying to draw attention. You're trying to let him out of you for him to manifest his glory. And he's not about all of that. Why are we going there? Don't ask. Well, Holy Spirit, thank you. There's a reason for everything. And still talking about the baptism. When that old life is buried, it's dead. It's done away with. That means that's not me no more. So when I come up in that new life, I have a new identity in Christ Jesus. I have buried that old life. And the way I live is going to represent that new life, not the old life. So if you still see people that's still out there doing like the world does, see, they need to be ministered to again to ask them, do you know? who you are now that you're in Christ. Nobody that's saved or really say they saved will invite you to go to the club with them. It's so many people, and this is what get me. Everybody say, I'm always talking about Facebook. But y'all, Facebook is where it is. You got people on Facebook, pray for me. I believe God can do it. And then out the next breath, they're cursing everybody out. I believe he's able Yes, he can. Pray for me. And then out the next breath, they want they want to smoke this. They want to drink that. So see, my thing is, Facebook can be a place for those that are on Facebook to evangelize, to minister. If you're a disciple, that's one hot spot that you can hit if you're on Facebook. If you really want to evangelize, y'all, I'm telling you, ain't it about changing your profile for people to see how good you look. People change their profile. Why? Why would you change your profile? It's not about you. What they should see is nothing. 
if you're going to represent him, you represent the new life that you have in him. I don't have to change. You don't have to know about me. Hey, y'all, I just got married. Hey, y'all, I got a new boo. That's what Facebook is about. It's about, get it, Facebook. Facebook need a face. Everybody want to tell what they do. Why aren't we telling about the new life in Christ Jesus? Why aren't we spitting out scriptures every time we hit the button to sign in? Why don't we have a new scripture? Do we see posts on what you learned on Tuesday night? Anybody? Hello? Is everybody posting scriptures on what they learned on Tuesday night and how this is benefiting you and you know it can benefit somebody else? And anybody posted that repentance means to have a change of mind? How can I have a change of mind? By hearing the good news, the gospel concerning Jesus Christ, concerning what he bought, concerning the kingdom. No, you can't change yourself. You have to allow him to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, if you put stuff like this on Facebook, people going to reject you as a friend. All them thousands of friends you got that say they know Jesus, they're going to defriend you. Then you're going to find out some of them don't know Jesus. They know Muhammad. Uh-oh. Yeah, everybody that say they're a Christian ain't. And how are you going to find out if you're not giving them truth the bible says sanctify set them apart in what truth thy word is and if you're not doing that how are you going to know who you're connecting with hey we can connect with sinners all day long long as we're agreeing with what they're doing party over here oh girl that look good oh girl i like your new status how's that helping anybody oops I ain't going to say I didn't mean to go there. It just happened through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Listen at this. So we know when we have a change of, of lifestyle, we recognize that we've been identified with Christ, that we went up under that water, and when we come up, we come up a new creation. Next thing I want to say, do I need to be baptized to go to heaven? No. I'm going to prove that. Sometimes people say, if you ain't baptized, you can't be a part of this ministry. If you ain't baptized, you will get left behind. You ain't going to heaven. Let's look at Luke 23. When you get a chance, read Luke 23. And I'm just going to start at Luke 23. Let's look at um, verse 40. This is, was the two men that was crucified, getting ready to be crucified beside Jesus. But the other one answered, rebuke him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man have done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou come into thy kingdom. You know what the next verse says? Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Rahim. Take him off the cross, emerge him in that water so he can go to heaven before they kill him. Yes, you can. You got to, or he's going to die and go to hell. 
Did y'all see anywhere where Jesus said, wait a minute, we need some water. This man accepted me today and he need to go under some water before he can go to paradise. Is this not what some people teach? If you are not baptized, you cannot get into heaven. Let me ask you something. If you just have given someone the good news concerning Jesus Christ, concerning the kingdom, and they just received that good news, and all of a sudden Jesus is up there in heaven, and people see him, and people, do you think he's going to say, wait a minute, I'm going to give you time to dip in. Anybody? No, there's going to be certain situations where you're not going to have time to put nobody in no water. Because if it's time to go, it's time to go, right? So if, if a person is getting ready to, you know, shed their, you know, breathe their last breath and they're in the hospital and they were alert and you just ministered salvation to them, you're going to tell the nurse, could you bring me a bucket of water, please, and throw it on them? Anybody? Are you going to say before the mortician get here, can we emerge? I don't think we're going to do that, right? So there are some cases that people are not going to be able to be baptized. Do you think that's going to keep them out of heaven? The way you get to heaven, I'm going to get to the part about um, another baptism. Acts 10.43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believe in him shall receive remissions of sin. So anybody who believe in Jesus is going to receive forgiveness of sin. So the moment that person believes he is forgiven, that means he can go to heaven. But while we're here on this earth, when a person um, accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior and they have a change of mind, we do baptize them. That's a symbolic act identifying them with their sins um, being um, done away with, they're buried with Christ, and they're coming up a new creation. That is symbolic. Now, in some baptisms, I have seen people, when they go up under that water and they come out, ooh, they're falling out. Seeing some, before they can even hit the water, they fall out. I mean, we have had some good times with people being baptized. Matter of fact, I quit counting with evangelists over there. Every time Kathy seen the water, first of all, she said, no, I, I, I done been in the water. That's what she said. She done been in the water. Then when she see everybody going in that water, people coming out, speaking in tongues and falling all over the place, Kathy said, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go under. <laughs> and Kathy will go get us some more. It's the truth. We will have such awesome times when it comes to baptism because people would explain what baptism is. And once a person got understanding of what baptized baptism is and they know that their sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ they're going down that old man is dead but when they come up there is resurrection and there is life all things have passed away when you come up behold all things have been made new so we can come up and say you ain't got nothing on me you ain't got nothing on me because everything I ever done it is buried it's done away with. It is dead. It is no more alive. So you tell me why are we still allowing people to remind us of what we used to do? Because it was already paid for through Jesus Christ. So even if we remind people of, yeah, I remember how you was. You were a dog. And I found out through my husband, through 
him looking up the word dog in the Bible, what does it mean? A male prostitute. So men, when you say, what's up, dog? Think about what you're saying. I bet you won't say it no more. Especially to the ones that know what it means now. Don't be telling nobody, yo, yo, dog. Mm-hmm. I tell you, this is, this is what's going on. So this is why we should know what we're saying when we say it. Some people do it because they try to be cool with it. But people that know now, they say, I beg you the difference. Old things have passed away. Behold, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The old life I used to live, it's dead and gone. So people going to notice that new life, y'all. We don't have to tell them, but they're going to notice that new life. Now, what I was saying about people saying that you have to be baptized before you go to heaven. If you don't have time to get baptized, guess what? You are already baptized in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you a scripture on that. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Y'all hear that? For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. So the Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes us into Christ Jesus. So if there is a person that died before they do that symbolic act, that does not mean that they're not going to heaven because the Holy Spirit is the one that baptized you into Christ Jesus. But when you have a water baptism, you identify now with who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. When you go down, that old life is gone. You coming up with a new life in Christ Jesus. Let me give you another scripture. Romans 6, 3. I know y'all, this is a lot of scripture. Romans 6, 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized into his death. This is talking about the Holy Spirit being the baptizer. We were baptized into Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit into his death. So if anybody tell you, you have to be baptized before you go into heaven, no. You can go into heaven without being. Now, if you don't have the opportunity to be baptized, that does not mean that you're not going to heaven. But this is why we should, once a person get born again, they should be um, submerged up underwater, immersed up underwater, so they can recognize that old has passed, new has come. So we do do that in the body of Christ. And I'm going to say this, through this teaching, if anyone is a part of this church or you're part of another church and you have not been baptized, before we moved on, we're going to have another baptism in here doing Bible study. So if there's somebody that have not been baptized, Evangelist Newton, you all right. <laughs> we're going to have another service so we can baptize those. Or if you feel like you were baptized the wrong way. We can rebaptize you. How about that? Because some people got baptized and didn't understand what baptism was. So some people got baptized and was not, they were not even saved. So that wasn't really a true baptism. 
even though you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and it was not done the right way, then we'll do it over again. So let me know at the end of service. Renee, can you get their names? Uh, find out the ones who want to be rebaptized or the ones that have not been baptized, and we're going to do a service. And guess what? We're going to allow the ones that's learning to help with this baptism. How about that? I didn't see nowhere in the word it had to be somebody that was ordained. Did y'all? Anybody found it yet? Because I'm going to give you a scripture. Y'all remember when Jesus left them disciples? Guess what he said? Now I want to ask you something. If Raheem is out by himself and he just brought somebody into Christ and um, he gave them the good news, he gave them the word of God and they had a change of mind because of that word and all of a sudden um, they said, okay, I believe that I'm born again. I believe that I'm saved. And they say, I want to be baptized. What's stopping Raheem from baptizing them? If they're in his house, can he run in a tub full of water and baptize them? Yes, he can. I will emerge you up under this water because this is only symbolic. But see, if they are part of a church, guess what the church do? They'll give them certificates of baptism showing that they were baptized on a certain day. They have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, it's part of the church. But if that person want to be baptized right then, should we not baptize them? Listen at this right here. Some people are going to say, oh, Lord, she crazy. Look at this in Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. So what did he tell those disciples? Is this the commission? Okay, let's say people say, uh-uh. Nobody that's not ordained has a right to do that. Okay, well, they ain't got no right to teach nobody to observe what they learned. They don't have no right um, to go ye therefore and tell what they have learned from, from the word of God, right? So if you're going to take out baptizing, take out everything. Take it out. They ain't got no right laying hands on the sick without being ordained in duty. They ain't got no right casting out devil's duty without being ordained, right? They don't have no right to that. But he gave us a command. He gave us a commission. This, this is why you're a disciple being taught. So if you run into situations like this, when nobody have a church home, do you wait for them to find one before they do that act? It's just water. You're baptizing them. Please, y'all, don't go try to put your kids up under no water here to do no practice. Come out, come out. Fill up that tub. Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, ma'am. I'm finna dip you. I'm going to go deep. You need it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be doing all that. Don't be practicing like that. Generally, your mom alone. <laughs> so this is what we do. This is why you learn. This is why you need to be discipled first. So you will know what to do and how to do it. Now, some people don't get so full of pride and say, I'm the church. Yeah, you church. <laughs> But if you know they have a pastor and there you can tell them, yes, you have to, because now some pastors, they get mad. You don't be dipping my people. Now I don't play that. They're my, no, they ain't your people. They're God's people. 
So when they have another service, if they choose to be baptized in that church, that's fine. But if you done got submerged up on the water and it was done the right way according to the word of God, so be it. Y'all, when I got baptized, I'll never forget it. I had some women that liked me. I did nothing to those women. My husband remember this. It was cold. It was in December. I was so excited, y'all, about being saved and the, I had been part of the church. And he said, come back now because you got to be baptized. We're going to have a service. I said, okay. So I come back and I looked over there before we going in the pool and the mama and daughter fussing over the towel. I said, why in the world are they fussing over the towel? I mean, they were hard at it, fussing over the towel. I ain't paying them no mind. The preacher, y'all, was in the middle of the pool. He like, and I'm like, the towel? What in the world is going Y'all, I got in that water, and it wasn't warm. It was ice cold. He said, first thing he whispered in my ear, he said, I'm going to dip you quick. <laughs> he said, I'm going to dip you real quick. <laughs> he was out of there. <laughs> said, I was, and they were looking for me to go home. I went and changed my clothes in that bathroom, and I come back to service. I said, mm-hmm. You did that for meanness. At the end of service, this is what that preacher told me. He said, <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. I couldn't even come out and preach because my feet were so cold. I had to warm my feet with the heater before I could even come out and preach. Now, they meant to leave that water like that. <laughs> That's what they told me. So, but guess what? I was so excited about Jesus, y'all. I didn't even get sick. They wanted me to get sick. They wanted to hurt me, but to the glory of God, I went under that water but I come up a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I'm telling you, when your heart is in tone with him and you know what he's done for you, you ain't worrying about cold water. You just want to go down and come up that new creation in Christ Jesus. Y'all, I'm telling you, the more you learn what the word has to say and you get that word in you, it's not just water no more. You know what that water represents. It is symbolic. And when you go down in that water and you know that you're going down and your sins are being buried, they're not coming back up with you, you're saying, glory, hallelujah, I am a new creation. And nobody should be able to tell you any different. So if you live in a condemned life, it's because you yet don't know who you are. Or it's because the enemy has beat you up to the point of you thinking you got to fix this in order to be right with God. But you don't. Jesus already done it for you. That's why we have that water baptism to identify that old man, the old self is being buried. And when you come up, you coming up in a new life. And that's what baptism is all about. It's not about what people are saying. If you don't get baptized, you can't join this church. Well, we got a lot of people in the church that sinners and been baptized and they really ain't a part of the kingdom. That's why light and darkness, y'all, don't mix. When people really, truly get baptized and they know what it represents, their lives do change. It changed for the better. You see their light shining. You see that they're the way that they used to be. They're not that same way no more. They want more of him and less of them. So I give God glory for this teaching, and I have several more scriptures, but uh, I'll go over the last ones next Tuesday. Is that okay? 
but I pray you got enough out of the ones that we went over. Did anybody have anything on baptism that I went over that you don't understand? I think it's going to really be something when somebody hear this broadcast and say, what? You telling them to go out and put people underwater? They ain't ordained to do. You commissioned. That's what the words say. You are commissioned. I don't think no preacher, when they dunking people under that water, saying, here's my credentials. I'm an ordained minister, and I get in that water. So I thank God for this teaching. Do we have anything new, any announcements?